Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hello and welcome to episode 410 of Geek Town Radio. I'm your host Dave and I'm back this week with... How are you doing? I'm great. It's great to be back talking TV. Lovely to have you back on again. So what have you been watching since we last spoke, which was last year? So <laughs> Yeah, last year. Right. So I think a couple of these might have already been discussed, but I like to talk about them as well. Um, yes. The first thing would be Echo. I watched all of Echo. I think I watched it about two days. So premiere and the day after. And Echo is a part of the MCU, and it follows Maya Lopez, who first appeared in Hawkeye. Mm-hmm. And the little spiel is Maya Lopez must face her past, reconnect with her Native American roots, and embrace the meaning of family and community if she ever hopes to move forward. Obviously, it stars Alaco Cox as Echo, um, Chaske Spencer as her cousin, Henry Black Crow Lopez, and of course, Vincent D'Onofrio reprising his role yes. as the Kingpin. Basically, this follows directly on from the events of Hawkeye, so I don't think that's spoilers to say that. It didn't end well between Maya and <laughs> Kingpin, yes. who had a who had been best described as an unhealthy father-daughter relationship. Yes. Throughout Hawkeye, she finds out that Kingpin was responsible for the death of her father, who was um, a criminal who worked for Kingpin. Yes. And in retaliation, she shoots him, leaving him dead and escapes, I guess, just obviously because Kingpin has a sizable criminal empire who then went after her. And so Echo sort of shows her going back to her family. I think it's back to Oklahoma, I think it says that. Yes, I think Which it is was. interesting, cause I, yeah, because I'm not entirely sure how those travel times work, but <laughs> anyway. Yes. She hasn't been there since they left. And as we walked through the show, we found out there was an inciting event that caused her and her father to leave. And basically, we learn more about Maya and her people. And obviously she is walking a line, wondering about what 
to do next and that's the sort of journey that we follow and if you've seen the trailer we do get a little taste of a certain man in red yes who appears in a scene or two yeah but yeah i liked it i liked it a lot before the action was good before the tone was interesting it's nice to get back to at least partly the sort of gritty on the ground crime stuff that we got back in the heady dates of netflix and its marvel adaptions doesn't have to be about space <laughs> and super magical mystical powers yes i think i was probably one of the people who was most down with the idea of Echo series because I just didn't think there was enough there to necessarily put in the masses and to connect with the rest of the MCU at this stage. Yeah. I think there is still a bit of that there. Obviously, all the connections are between Maya and Kingpin. I think that also serves a purpose. It is a bit of a, almost a Kingpin sort of origin story. If you like hadn't seen Daredevil as a Netflix show, yeah. you wouldn't have any sort of real knowledge of what he's like. Um, I think this show does a lot to tell you what is at the core of Wilson Fisk Mm -hmm. and just the interplay with him is excellent. The two of them, there's pains to point out the similarities between them. Yeah. And they both have a predilection for violence. I mean, they both feel that's the most effective way forward. And it's just interesting to see that. Towards the end, things get a little weird. And there is also a origin story for Maya as well. She is a comic book character. She does appear in the comics. They've changed about her powers and stuff here. So it's a bit different if you are a fan of that. And to be honest, because we already find out about those basically in the last sort of two episodes, you don't really get an explanation of what they are. You sort of see the effects. You don't really get a sit down yeah. explanation of it, what they are. It, it's a little bit vague. It, it is. It is. This is. Yeah. It's a vague. It's a vague. But it's still interesting. I don't think yeah. it detracts. It doesn't. It's not anything that's going to annoy you. And I guess the idea that we have to take from this is that she will be back. So we'll get to see more about that. that's the only real way to sort of look at it going forward. Otherwise, to be like, well, why would you do this otherwise? But yeah. yeah it's yeah. fun. It works well action-packed the fighting's excellent we get to see a lot more of Lacqua by herself doing things as Echo and I think that's fun she's an amazing actress would recommend yeah we talked a little bit about this with Matt last week and mm-hmm. I enjoyed it I, I did feel that it was a even at only six episodes I did feel there were bits of it that were a little bit stretched and mm-hmm. it probably could have been a made for Disney plus movie rather than yeah. being a six part limited series but yeah I don't think that's the first time we said that about MCU shows so. yeah I mean it's a sort of nice toe in the water for them for a more mature kind of audience yeah thing. oh I just yeah we should also say it is the launch of their new specific label around telling more adult stories yeah. within uh, MCU. It, it, but well, who knows that, if that will go forward. But. Yeah, I mean, even that doesn't really go as far as the Netflix shows. Oh, yeah. That, well, that was it's, never going to happen, unfortunately. It, it's, not, it's not sort of, you know, proper 18 rated, like, you oh. know, it, it's not gone that far. It gives you a sort of taste of where they might go with the new Daredevil series. It's one of those things that if they if they then branch into something like Punisher, then they are going to have to step things up a gear if they decide to do a Punisher series on Disney Plus, I think. Because this is sitting a sort of maybe a 12, possibly a 15 kind of rating. I think, yeah. didn't come with a, I think it came with a 15 warning at the beginning. So right, they, okay. Yeah. But it's certainly not up to the sort of 18. No, no, no. It's not unfortunate things happening to people's heads and car doors. No, no. Sort of thing. We're going to have to build up to that, day. 
Yes, they may up it a bit more as they move forward. But, mm-hmm. um, it was interesting and I enjoyed it. It didn't grab me quite as much as some of the other stuff has, but fine. And it, and it gives you a sort of, it's a nice kind of stepping stone, like you say, for sort of Kingpin and you know, where they're leaving him for the Daredevil series as well. Yeah. So, yeah. And it's definitely nice to see that Kingpin as opposed to one we saw the Hawkeye, which was seemed a bit silly yes this one is back to that terrifying but charismatic thing that he does yeah okay so the other thing i've watched is baton which you can find over on prime video for free and it is a spy thriller blockbuster from bollywood and it stars short khan pretty much the king of bollywood alongside deepika padukone who you might know from Triple X Return of Xander Cage, who is also a really big Bollywood actress. Right, okay. And basically it's around the RAW, which is the Indian version of CIA. Right. And the idea is, obviously, if you don't know Bollywood movies, Bollywood movies are quite long. So yes. this is like over two and a half hours, and they also they have a lot of acts. So in our first act, we see Shrut Khan, Batan. He's in Afghanistan trying to catch some terrorists. There is an issue. And the decision is made basically just to send a drone in and blow everything to help. He's there. He sees all the civilians around. And so he intervenes and manages to save them. But in that, he is horribly injured in a way that would probably make him effectively disabled and not cut out for covert work. Right. From there, we sort of get into collage of him sort of training to get back to himself. The villagers take care of him because obviously he saved all their lives. Mm-hmm. And he sort of eventually returns to active service when his old handler recruits him and says, there are other people like you who have had had like, you know, terrible injuries that have had them withdraw from the service and lets him head up a sort of task force. And that's where we sort of start going from there. So he goes and finds all people who have disabled or traumatized from their previous work. And we see him doing various missions there. Then the bad guy, played by John Abraham, he is another former sort of agent of the service. He gets disavowed on a mission. Um, the terrorists who he's trying to deal with find out where his family is and kill them. Right. And he sort of disappears. Good old villain story. And so he comes back and he's out for revenge. Yeah. That's the story. And you sort of go through all the ways that those two interact. It's all action all the time. <laughs> I have never seen so many different separate action sequences and like really well close combat drawn out fights as well. I mean, because if you think about your average blockbuster, you'll have maybe, what, three to four set pieces? Yeah. I feel like I watched six or seven. There's a, a moment when there is a crossover because there is now this sort of, they call it, I guess it's a spy verse where they have all these like larger than life sort of super agents are now in the same universe. So there's a character from Eck of the Tiger, right. um, who is a tiger, who is basically just another sort of that sort of larger than life, almost super soldier sort of thing. He comes over to rescue Patan at one of the things when he's like really in danger. So it's pretty wild as these things go. It's fun, very well made, especially fight choreography which is impressive for a man at that age to be doing at least some of the things that he does. Because <laughs> obviously it's that mineral thing, but he definitely does quite a lot of it as well. 
They take it all over the world. Look to the end, and they're definitely in Dubai and quite a few other places. Yeah, I know very little of Bollywood stuff, so I've never, I've never seen any of this thing. But I mean, obviously, they're they're hugely, hugely popular. And that this particular film, second highest grossing Indian film of 2023, third highest highest grossing Hindi film of all time, sixth highest grossing Indian film of all time. So doing pretty well. <laughs> yep, indeed. There's a lot more Indian-made films on Amazon than I had seen that I noticed before. Right. Okay. And this one's definitely worth checking. If you like your blockbusters, it's definitely worth checking. Yeah. So Pathan, that's called. That's, uh, yeah, Bhutan. Yeah. 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 So it's P A T H A A N if you um, want to go yeah. searching for that. Yeah. The next one is Lift, which is ah. the newish Netflix film starring Kevin Hart and Gugu Mbafavor, Owen Sam Worthington. And it's a heist film. And basically, we follow Kevin Hart's character, Cyrus, and his team of thieves. Definitely a sort of a self-style sort of Robin Hood thing. They only steal from people who don't deserve to have the things. They do things like they steal art and then give it back to original owners, things like that. And Gugu Mbatha is a Interpol agent who is obsessed with capturing them. Right. And we also find out that Cyrus and Gugu Mbatha character, Abby, had a brief fling when they were both undercover. Right. Prior to the events of the film. More than that, in it, we have Vincent Nofio turns up again. He plays Denton. He's one of the crew. Jean Reno is in this film. He is the big bad. Bern Gorman, tortured fame in loads of films. Yes. He shows up, as well as um, Jacob Batlon from Spider-Man. He turns up in, at the beginning in a fun role. <laughs> Basically, it is just another heist movie, and there is nothing here to set it apart from the others, unfortunately. <laughs> There's nothing I can really recommend about it. I mean, it's just a very well-tread story. I mean, it was almost like, I have Kevin Hart and I need a heist movie. And they went, okay, how about this one? And it's like, like right. just take it straight off the shelf, basically. Yeah. There's nothing here that's interesting or particularly different. Outside of those two characters, none of the other characters have anything in them at all. So what the measures can get. Like, for instance, there's one point where they need a private jet. So we meet the rich, annoying rich guy who they bully into getting his jet. He has no other substance than that. He doesn't really say anything other than just being this sort of normal tech bro. Right. Jean Reno's character is just evil for the sake of being evil. So we see him like mm. shoot a couple of people who disagree with him. Yeah, there is nothing here. I could remember Netflix did the Ryan Reynolds one, Six Underground. Yeah. This is much, much worse than that. Six Underground actually has some decent characterization. The crew was much more interesting and were given a lot more to do. The rest of the crew outside of Kevin and Pink, there's nothing there. I can't recommend watching this. There were fun stunts, but yeah, it's just not worth your time. Right. Okay. Well, I'm not the biggest Kevin Hart fan anyway, so it's probably not one that I would have got him picked up. But, you know, so it's called Lift. It's on Netflix if you want to go check that one out. Yeah. Well, that's, I thought I'd recommend a book just because I've been reading through it or book series. Um, to give it to one thing, but I've been reading through it and it's a lot of fun. And I think I haven't talked about it before. I think I've already talked about one or two different books before. Mm-hmm. This one is called Apocalypse Redux and it's by Jacob H. Greif or Grief. And it is what we call a lit RPG, which basically means a story with game elements, things like leveling, skills, that sort of thing. Okay. So it originally comes from Royal Road, which is sort of a big fan fiction sort of portal where a lot of books 
start there before later being published in a way that you can actually buy them. When we start the story, we're following a guy called Isaac Toma. This is in a apocalypse. And the form of this apocalypse is a system, which basically means that you have levels, you can grow through these levels. And the way that you get these levels is by summoning monsters. You beat them, you get experience, then you use experience to grow. Great plan. How could this possibly go wrong? (laughs) Well, obviously what happened was people went around summoning monsters that were too strong for them. If you summon a monster and it kills you and no one else kills it, it'll wait around and then it will start summoning more of its own kind. Right. So you can see exactly where this went and indeed it did. So we're seeing him basically at the end of the world and all the sort of like fortresses around the world fallen and it's basically he and the three other these like big powerful warriors all at the top of the game ending off against a sort of a demon horde because big is boss they summoned was this sort of they think you call it like a world boss and we see he beats it and his other two friends are killed and but he's standing there the last man on earth and in theory he's just won because he's dealt with that last threat and his prize for winning is he allowed to go back to the beginning of the system right back to the normal world seems like roughly around 2023 and he can go back obviously just his mind so he doesn't take his skills or his powers or anything like that the only thing he takes is his knowledge Mm -hmm. so we see him head back to when he was just this guy working in an office in Germany and I think it's 24 hours before the system starts you get the display in front of your eyes and it gives you all the options and stuff and so he then goes about trying his best to make sure it doesn't happen again. And that's basically what we sort of follow throughout these books going forward. And I like it because it's very structured. And the way he approaches things is he obviously realizes that he can't just do it himself. One person isn't enough to deal with the things that could happen. So he does things like he releases information about how monster summoning works he goes to a university which was known for having like the best monster researcher and he supports him so he makes him a lot quicker than he would have in the previous timeline and yeah it's hard to speak because there's so much that happens over the thing but it is it's really fun it's really interesting and i think it's really well worked a lot of it deals with what would happen if there was a system but the world was still our world so you still have all the bureaucracy and you have politicians and people saying oh we should ban summoning and people say no we need something to protect ourselves mm-hmm. and just to sort of interplay of that and it's just really fascinating so that's why i would recommend it Again, it's called Apocalypse Redux, book one, and you can find it over on Amazon and other fine book setting places. <laughs> Excellent. Never tried lit RPG stuff before, but that sounds interesting, that one. For me, over the last week or so, I've been watching Masters of the Air, which is the new Apple series. It's the sort of third in the kind of Band of Brothers specific trilogy thing. Although those two were HBO and then HBO decided they didn't want to make the third one and Apple picked it up. But it's mm-hmm. from the same people it's Spielberg and it's Tom Hanks behind it and Gary Gozman who are the people behind it I'm really enjoying it it's it's obviously very well made and the basic story behind it is you are following a group of American airmen it's based on the 100th bomber group during World War II they're led by Gail Buck Cleveland and um, John Bucky Egan are the uh, the two leads which are Austin Butler and Callum Turner the two sort of lead characters from it. There are some issues not so much with the quality or the 
storytelling as such, but there are fundamental issues with how you handle that sort of genre because the, you've got the problem of it's obviously all air combat, which you know mm-hmm. you can make quite exciting, and you know some of the scenes are quite devastating, and you very much get the sort of claustrophobic feel of them being inside these bombers. They're flying in flying fortresses, which are the B seventeen bomber planes, and yeah, I mean at points they seem like they're make, made out of tissue paper. You know they're just getting kind of ripped through as they're going through these uh, flat cannons and stuff. I mean, and that stuff is really good. The biggest issue you sort of have is when they're in the air, they're obviously all wearing face masks over their Yes, they can breathe, yeah. So it can be very difficult sometimes to tell which character is which because you're only seeing the top half of their face. And I mean, you can hear them talking, obviously, but you can't see their mouths moving. And that sort of detaches you slightly from the characters so when somebody dies or their plane gets blown up you're like hang on who was that i i which which, have they just killed Uh, you know so that's the only real issue i'm having with it it kind of pulls you out of it slightly so it's not so much an issue with the show itself and the quality of it and you know the acting's great and all that sort of stuff it's just there's this weird kind of detachment from it which you didn't get with the Pacific and Band of Brothers because you're very much sort of on the ground yeah. and it's that ground sort of combat thing. So I would definitely say it is worth checking out. If you've got Apple TV, it's, it's on there. It's called Master of the Air. There's three episodes, I think, out so far. Okay. But yeah, there's this odd thing going on where particularly when they're up doing missions and stuff where you're, it, it can be a little difficult to figure out who's flying what plane and, you know, and all the planes look the same as well, of course, inside. So they're cutting backwards and forwards between different planes in the bomber group. And you're like, well, hang on, which which plane am I in? And, you know, I don't know exactly how you get around that while maintaining the authenticity of it, because that's, of course, what it was like. It can be a little difficult to actually build a rapport with the characters as much, but it's well made. It's difficult to put it up there with Band of Brothers, because I think that was such a brilliantly put together series. But it is an interesting different side that we have seen from the war so it is worth checking out if you've got apple tv it's worth looking at over on prime video I started watching Mr. and Mrs. Smith. In fact, I've watched the whole thing now. Wow. Um, so it's eight, okay. all eight episodes are now out. I think they actually dropped them all at once. So they're yeah, all out so. there. As you might have guessed from the name, it is based supposedly on the 2005 film, which starred Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie. It stars Donald Glover and Myra Erskine in the lead roles as John and Jane. Donald has also been co-writing it and developed it with Francesca Sloan, who is, is, is one of his regular writing partners and worked on Atlanta with him as well. It's a really hard show to sort of classify. I mean, if you know the 2005 film, you'll know it was this big sort of action comedy movie. The setup for the film was that it was a husband and wife who worked for this spy company. And the premise of it is they get put against each other and end up having to go and try and kill each other. So I think they both work for separate agencies and they get each other as a target. And that's the sort of premise for the movie. The TV show runs slightly differently. Yeah, It is very much 
a Donald Glover thing. If you've seen things like Atlanta, I think you will probably get what I mean by that. It feels very Donald Glover-esque. And he's altered the setup slightly in that John and Jane, in this case, are put together as husband and wife as a sort of cover identity. So they're still spies, but they're put together and given this big house. So you see the start of that relationship. They sort of meet for oh. the first time and you see that go through. And the entire show is very much about the relationship between the two of them. So there are action sequences and there are car chases and there are foot chases and gunfights and all that sort of stuff. That is in there, but it's not really the focus of it. It's very much focused on the relationship between these two people. I mean, there's an entire episode where they basically have a day off and there's not as much action in that episode. And there are points where the traditional sort of sense will be to do a bid action sequence and they actually cut away from it and you sort of get the aftermath of it with them sort of coming back. So it's put together in a very different way. Although it's a sort of spy comedy, there's a sort of romantic spy comedy thing going on. It's very much about the relationship between the two of them. I found it really interesting and quite fun. It is very funny and very different to what I expected it to be as well. The main leads are Donald um, Mayer in those main leads. Uh, there's other people that pop up that you'll recognise, like Paul Dano is in there, Posey Parker is in there, Ron Perlman pops up, Michaela Cole pops up. So there's an interesting group of people around them. Uh, have you seen this as well then? I have. I watched the first two episodes. I think, yes, it's a lot of fun. Going in, I wasn't sure what it would be like. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yes, it's an, it's an interesting tale because you get these two people. They sort of give us a decent bit of background to them in the first episode. And I think they do later say at one point, this strange unnamed agency is literally the only ones who would take them. Yeah. We don't get as much detail on Jane's side, but we do notice John was dishonorably to be discharged from the military and that he was a drone pilot. Well, obviously, you don't know why. Yeah, it is very much a romance because you could literally see it in the very first meeting the sort of the interest from John and his sort of efforts to sort of form some sort of connection with Jane and she spends most of the time just not having it yeah. uh, which is just particularly hilarious it's one of those very strange understated comedies with a lot of dark stuff in it mm-hmm. I'll definitely be sitting down to watch the rest as soon as possible it is definitely worth watching if you know the 2005 film and we're thinking it's going to be some sort of big dumb sort of action comedy thing no. it really isn't that so no. change your expectations of it it's a really interesting little sort of comedy thing worth checking out but that's mr and mrs smith it's up on prime video and you can get all eight episodes up there right now so that's all the stuff we've been watching this week let's move on to some tv and film news hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain i learned this the hard way after losing my cat gingy so i created pretty litter a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
So we kick off the TV and film news with renewals, cancellations and pickups. A few cancellations. Uh, Obliterated has been obliterated by by Netflix after one season. I have to admit, were you aware of this show? Because I wasn't aware of it at all. I was aware of it just because I knew Shelley Hennig and Zano. So it came up on my thing a lot when it was just before it came out. But yeah, I looked at the premise and thought, yeah, I don't really think I'm going to give that a watch, to be honest. It was an action comedy from the people behind Cobra Kai, uh, an elite special forces team who thwart a deadly threat in Vegas. But it's got a sort of more comedic edge to it, I think. It seems to lean into the comedy a lot more than what I was reading about it. That's been canned after one season, apparently. Channel 4 have axed their prison drama Screw after two seasons, so that won't be coming back. Ratchet, which was the sort of one flew over the cuckoo's nest prequel thing was on Netflix. Sarah Paulson, who was the lead in that, has confirmed there isn't a second season of that coming. There is a kids show, I think, called The Secrets of Sulphur Springs. That's been cancelled after three seasons by the Disney Channel in the US. That did air on Disney Plus Avia. It's a sort of time travel mystery adventure thing. Dave, the comedy, there are apparently no plans for a fourth season, at least not any time soon, because the titular Dave of it, uh, Dave Bird, has basically said that he wants to go and do some other things. So it may be something that he comes back to at some point in the future, but there's no plans for a fourth season of it at the moment. And Channel 4 have axed the reality series Rise and Fall, which was from the makers of The Traitors, but um, I just don't think it found an audience so uh, that's not coming back for a new season that was one and done on channel four but that was rise and fall some interesting renewals hijack has been renewed for a second season on apple yeah that's interesting which just just because it seems a bit late yeah as, as a renewal notice yes I, I do know that apple do much their own tune though so well quite yes that has been renewed that's the idris elba thing where obviously it was involved around a plane hijack and he was this sort mm-hmm. of corporate negotiator that ended up sort of negotiating between the crew and the hostages and hostage takers and all that sort of stuff. Really, really good. It's from the people that did Criminal on Netflix. Wonderful duo, was a writing, directing duo. They also did Litvin Yanko as well for uh, ITV. It is a really, really good show. It's in real time as well, in the sort of a la 24. And I think they did a wonderful job with that first season of it. It's really good. Idris Elba is great in the lead. Obviously, the second season, I don't know whether it'll still be called hijack but it will feature him as a negotiator of some description um, in the second season so playing the same character but beyond that whether anybody else shows up it's very difficult to tell because the people that were involved in the rest of that were very circumstantial to where he was you know the flight traffic controllers and the police that were involved and all that sort of stuff so don't know the situation they've been keeping that under wraps for what the second season will actually be but they are coming back for a second season so uh, I'm very intrigued to see what they do with that and whether it keeps the title hijack or whether it's something else else i don't know but like hostage or something yes like hostage or hijack something i don't know colon something i don't know but that has been renewed for a second season at apple so that would back is it cake has been renewed for a third season uh, uh and they've actually set premiere date for that march 29th if you like the uh, netflix series is it cake is <laughs> that i still can't believe that's nothing wrong with a simple premise <laughs> 
Nothing at all wrong with a good, simple premise. Yes. And I, food. Uh, yeah, go wrong. literally does what it says on the tin. It, it is, is it cake or is it dit? Is the basic premise of that show. That is back for a third season. That's on March 29th. ITV has recommissioned Deal or No Deal with Stephen Mulhern back as the host. So that is coming back if you're into that Chris show. And £10 Palms, the uh, hit BBC drama, that is returning for a second season they've announced as well. So that will be coming back. In pickups and other news, Extraordinary Season 2 has got a premiere date, which is awesome because the first season of that was just wonderful. And that's coming Wednesday, the 9th of March on Disney Plus UK. If you haven't got Disney Plus and you want to see Extraordinary, the first season is landing on ITVX from the 12th of February as well. So you'll be able to check it out for free on ITVX. Mm, um, Second season of that. Did you see the first season of that? It's a wonderful show. I did. I do keep seeing clips popping up on my social media of it. It's very, very funny. Has very much the sort of heart of one of those really good E4 comedies in the sort of in-betweenersy type day. You know, it's got that sort of very British, slightly gross in places, young adult humour to it. But it's a really wonderful show. Basic premise of it is there is one girl who is in a world where everybody gets superpowers except her. And that's the setup for the first season. It's just wonderfully fun and very, very silly and very British in the way that it's told. I really love the first season of that so uh, extraordinary season two wednesday the 6th of march on disney plus and season one is landing on the 12th of february on itvx for those people that haven't got disney plus <laughs> speaking of disney plus though they've been starting pulling content again and so have paramount plus if you've been wondering why certain things have been disappearing off paramount plus it's all cost saving stuff it's not the fault directly of paramount plus uk it's a missive from paramount global the head company They are trying to save money. Paramount is essentially in a position where it's likely to get sold off at some point. There are people circling and it seems very likely that they are going to get bought by somebody else. And because of that, they're trying to sort of make all their books look tidy and more profitable. And one of the ways they do that is by removing TV shows. So Disney, I've gone through and there's nothing major really in the Disney removals there's a few movies, Greyfriars, Bobby, The True Story of a Dog, um, the Zeke, Zeke and Luther, ABC's Pepper Ann, Nat Geo's North Korea, Fire and Fury. You know, so there's, they've taken a few shows off, but I mean, there's nothing major gone from nothing like they did last time when they removed things like Willow. Mm. Paramount Plus, though, they've taken off a lot of their originals, things like The Killing Kind, Burning Girls, One Night. Uh, there's a bunch of others as well. The notable ones and the ones that people really spotted was uh, the Fox remake of the BBC drama Accused. That got taken off before they'd even dropped the last five episodes on the service. So that was like yanked before you could even finish watching it, apparently. I mean, I watched, I think, the first episode of that and I was going to watch the rest of it, but it's now gone. You're not now. Yeah. uh, NBC's reboot of Quantum Leap, which they did air the whole first season of that and they had put a February premiere date for the second season in, but that is now gone, which I'm kind of annoyed about because I really, really like the first season of that it was a really good show and apparently up until fairly recently they were going to wear the second season
season and that's now gone. With those shows which are acquisitions, Quantum Leap, there is a possibility that Sky might dive in and pick it up because it's NBC and that's a sister company to Sky. There's no guarantee of that, of course, but they may do. Presumably, if the rights of those have reverted back to NBC Universal, then they are free to sell it onto somebody else. But we don't know that for a fact. So we'll have to wait and see what happens with that. It's just kind of annoying that that is now without a UK home. Accused is now without a UK home. Son of a Critch, I think, was the other one that had got pulled as well. Okay, yeah. So that was another one. Uh, I mean, there are going to be more shows than that. I did ask Paramount if they'd give me a list of them and they've been very unforthcoming with that because it would be quite useful to have a full list of everything they pulled off. There was a lot of their own original shows that they pulled, like Burning Girls, One Night, Killing Kind, Serial Killer's Wife, Chemistry of Death, Doll Factory have all been taken off the service then, possibly more than that as well. As I say, it is a cost-cutting measure because it costs money for them to have those on, even if they are made by Paramount, they still have to pay the studio side of Paramount or whoever made them, they still have to pay them a license fee for it. So by removing them off the service, they no longer having to pay that license fee. And that will be the same for the acquisitions, although it's easier just to get rid of the acquisitions. It just seems a bit weirder when it's their own stuff that they're pulling. They are then free to try and flog those to somebody else if they want, but we don't know at the moment. Essentially, they're now sat in a box, not to be seen by anybody in the same way that Willow is sat in a box somewhere at Disney+. Plus. We'll have to see what happens. Hopefully, with Quantum Leap and Accused being made by outside people, the rights hopefully will have reverted back and they are free to sell them somewhere else as well. We just don't know at the moment. But what we do know is they're not going to be airing on Paramount+, Plus, which is incredibly frustrating when they start doing things like this. And I think the worst thing about this was there was absolutely no warning of it. It was just people were literally halfway through a season because, I mean, Accused in particular had only gone on in January. So it's been on the service for a month and it wasn't the entire thing. They were supposed to be dropping five more episodes and it's now gone. Did you watch any of those? I was currently watching. I don't have a Paramount Plus subscription add-on at the moment. Right. It is an unfortunate thing to see. I know a few other people who are massive Quantum Leap fans and who constantly extol its virtues that's a shame that we're going to have to sort of wait and wonder if it will resurface yeah I really hope it does because I think what they've done with that first season of Quantum Leap is they're taking the basic premise but giving it a nice new spin while still respecting the original series which is a tricky line to thread but they managed to do it and I think they did it very very well so that's a real shame but we'll obviously let you know if they resurface somewhere else and we'll post on the site if they pop up back up somewhere where else there was a few other bits and pieces of news Lenny Henry Sir Lenny Henry is has announced he's standing down as presenter of Comic Relief after nearly 40 years um, mm-hmm. he will no longer be doing the Red Nose Day telephone after this year but I mean he, he's been kind of slowly dropping his role down on that over the years and he's still president of Comic Relief because he was co-founder of it so be sad to see him go but I I entirely understand that Mm -hmm. Um, Alison Hammond has been named the new host of For the Love of Dogs following the death of Paul O'Grady much to the annoyance of the internet from from what I read from that because they were like of all the people that they could have picked Alison Hammond um, I must admit there were some some interesting names of dog lovers that were floating around like Martin Clune's name that had been floating around 
around and then oh. they went for Alison Hammond who is a sort of generic presenter I mean lovely person I'm sure but just seemed like a bit of a generic choice particularly following somebody like Paul O'Grady but anyway yeah. Clarkson Farm Season 3 has been given an air date 2nd of May that will land on Prime Video so uh, you'll be able to go and catch that over there although by that time it may cost you a little bit more on Prime Video <laughs> if you want to see it without adverts because uh, what is it with the streaming services this week Prime Video have announced that they are going to start charging for ad-free access to Prime Video. So if you've got the normal package that you've got now from the 5th of February, so recording this on Monday, so from today, they apparently are inserting ads into Prime Video content. There will be an additional charge of $2.99 if you want it ad-free. So it's not a huge amount. I mean, it's $2.99 a month, but it's it still... Is, it is a huge amount compared to how much it costs Prime is. Yeah, exactly. It is um, quite that's quite a price hike. Yeah. And two ninety nine a month on the surface doesn't seem like that much, but it is quite a lot. And it also begs the question, what's the point of them having Amazon Freebie, which is the ad supported service, if you're also then gonna stuff ads into Prime Video? Well I guess with this that doesn't really exist anymore and that was just a stopgap thing while they were sorting this. Or when they decided that they could get away with this. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Because I can remember if you if you go back like six months on Amazon, you could go into your Amazon Prime Video page on the website and you could literally click on free and there was another one with ads and you can't do that anymore. So everything, everything is everything at the moment. So I don't think, yeah, I don't think there'll be separate services anymore. You'll just be, just have to get in there mixed up as before. I don't know. Um... I, don't, I don't think this will see the success of say Netflix and their crackdown to be honest I do wonder how many people will opt into that yeah I mean it's one of those things I will probably pay for it because of the Mm. fact that I hate ads and it's annoying but I can see a lot of people just getting very annoyed with it yeah but I think one of the things that they have that say other services don't have is that I don't see people cancelling well no because 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 obviously what else you lose if you were to cancel so I don't think necessarily get a lot of people upgrading i think we'll probably get a few well we think we just need to see how annoying it is especially in say films yes shows are fine but films that could if it's jarring in the film that could be a problem yeah and it kind of depends how they're you know are mm-hmm. they going to force you to watch like three minutes of ads every yeah. 15 minutes or are they just sticking a sort of 10 second ad in every yeah. uh, you know or even the like, breaks I, I, yeah or even there's like sticking banners up I know like American shows love that they'll stick a banner yeah. and like change aspects slightly give you whatever information they want to it's usually like the Super Bowl's on now another channel or something yeah. so, so I, we'll it, have to see how it, they how they implement it Yes. I'm sure um, there'll be no end of articles going into excruciating detail. Yes, I'm sure there will be. That's somewhat annoying, but as I say, there is an option to pay more. But as you say, you already paid quite a lot for Prime, so, well, you're going to want to do that. I don't know. So there are now ads on Prime Video, which is really rather frustrating. On to some other bits of news. Apple announced a bunch of air dates today because it is the Winter Television Critics Association press tour at the moment. So they, they've just done their, oh, their okay. thing. So um, there's a few interesting things coming in there. There's a, a, a Snoopy Presents Welcome Home Franklin, if you're a Snoopy fan, February 16th. There's that. Constellation, which is a new sort of eight-part conspiracy thriller with uh, Numi Rapace in the lead role. That starts on 21st of February. So 
also got Jonathan Banks from Better Call Saul and uh, Breaking Bad in it. I would say definitely go and watch that. I won't say any more than that, but I would say go and watch it. Definitely. Okay. Uh, February 21st, to you can go and check that out. It's going to be starting with the first three episodes. That's called Constellation. Basic premise of that is the woman who is an astronaut. There is a catastrophic accident on the space station. She comes back home and things are a little off when she gets home. That's the basic sort of setup for that one. There is uh, the completely made up Ventures of Dick Turpin. This stars Noel Fielding is as Dick Turpin, the high moment. We've just put a trailer up for this. It looks very, very funny. It's got a whole bunch of other like British talent in there as well. Uh, Q Bonneville plays the thief taker general, who is the person that's going after him. It looks very, very silly and quite fun, but first of March for that. There's a new series of The Reluctant Traveller with Eugene Levy that is on the 8th of March. There is Fraggle Rock, Back to the Rock. He's back for a second season. That's on the 29th of March. There is Loot, second season of that on the 3rd of April. There is a new Colin Farrell eight-episode drama called Sugar. That's on the 5th of April. Farrell stars as John Sugar, an American private investigator on the hills of the mysterious disappearance of Olivia Siegel, the beloved granddaughter of legendary Hollywood producer Jonathan Siegel. As Sugar tries to determine what happened to Olivia, he will unearth Siegel's family secrets, some very recent others long buried. It's also got Anna Gunn in it and James Cromwell. That looks like it could be quite good. It's called Sugar, 5th of April for that. Franklin, which stars Michael Douglas, based on a novel called The Great Improvisation, Franklin, France and the Birth of America. That could be kind of an interesting drama to check out if you like your historical dramas. Uh, The uh, Big Door Prize Season 2, that is back 24th of April for that. Acapulco returns for its third season, 1st of May for that. There is a new drama sci-fi thriller called Dark Matter, which has nothing to do with the uh, other TV show, which was called Dark Matter, but that's based on the blockbuster book by acclaimed best-selling author Blake Crouch. Held as one of the best best sci-fi novels of the decade, Dark Matter is a story about the road not taken. It follows Jason Desson, played by Joel Egerton, a physicist professor and a family man who one night while walking home on the streets of Chicago is abducted into an alternate version of his life. Wonder quickly turns to nightmare when he tries to return to his reality amidst the mind-bending landscape of lives he could have lived. So uh, that sort of is a reality jumping thing, but um, that looks like it could be kind of interesting. But Dark Matter, that's called 8th of May for that. Trying is back for fourth season. That's on the 22nd of May. That's the critically acclaimed comedy. Presumed Innocence, the new series starring Jake Gyllenhaal. It's, fr- it's a David E. Kelly drama, exec produced by J.J. Abrahams. Jake Gyllenhaal in the lead role as chief deputy prosecutor. The series takes a view on a gripping journey through a horrific murder that upends the Chicago prosecuting attorney's office when one of its own is suspected of the crime. That looks like it could be quite good. It's uh, Ruth Neger, Bill Camp, Elizabeth Marvel, Peter Skarsgård, O.T. Fabini. Good cast for it. And it's David E. Kelly, who, I mean, he's a brilliant oh, yeah, writer. Yeah. So uh, June 14th for Presumed Innocent. That's some of the stuff coming up. There is actually a few more than that, but it will be here all day if we go through everything. So, uh, yeah, that's some of the Apple things. So, um, yeah, they basically kind of released the thing of saying, here's everything that's coming up sort of up until the summer, basically. Uh, so 2024, 
before. So uh, that's there's some good stuff coming up on Apple. Uh, we've said before, if you want sort of quality versus cost, Apple is probably your best bet. It's a decent price for a streaming service. You can turn it on and off as you like. And there is some brilliant, high quality, what would have been known as HBO level dramas on there. It's really worth checking that out. Over on Paramount Plus, again, uh, one of the things that they haven't got rid of is some of the Star Trek series, and they've got uh, this new movie coming called uh, Star Trek Section 31, which stars Michelle Yeoh. She's reprising a role as Emperor Philippa Georgiou in that, the character played she in Discovery, and uh, she joins a secret division of Starfleet tasked with protecting the United Federation of Planets. She also must face the sins of her past. They've started production there. They've announced the rest of the cast for it. You've got Amari Hardwick in there for from Power, probably best known as playing Ghost in Power. Casey Roll from Hannibal. She first appeared in the reboot of V, but yes, she was in uh, Hannibal. She was also in The Killing as well, so uh, you know from those. Emmy-winning Sam Richardson, who you'll probably know from Ted Lasso more than anything else. Sven Grok from... uh, He's been in One Piece. He's uh, also played Rambo in the Spud film franchise, a long time John Cleese, apparently. Don't know him really at all. Uh, Robert Kaczynski, who was in uh, Pacific Rim True Blood. He was also so uh, was in Captain Marvel as well. Um, he's, he's in a whole bunch of things, but uh, yeah, he's in there. Uh, Humbly Gonzalez from Ginny and Georgina and James Hiroshi Lau from Barry played Albert in uh, Barry and he was also in The Dropout as well. So uh, pretty good cast that they've got lined up. One of the people that's not mentioned who uh-huh. joined Section 31 was the love interest guy. Love it. Oh, yeah. You, uh, yeah. From Discovery, from the earlier seasons exactly, of Discovery. Yes, I know exactly who you mean, because I was like, what are you talking? And I went, oh, yeah, I know who you mean. Shazad Latif. Shazad Latif, yes. Last we saw of him was heading towards Section 31, but there's no mention of him in any of the castings. So whether that means he's... I mean, he, I know he had some other things. He did Nautilus, which was a show which was for Disney+, Plus, and then Disney, in their cost-cutting exercises, decided they weren't going to run it, and it got sold to somebody else, I think i know he did that but this is now filming and that's all done so i mean whether he's tied up with something else or whether he's going to pop up as a surprise i don't know but yes that that was one name which notably was absent from that cast list and uh, another potential show coming up uh, that section 31 movie is definitely coming but there is a potential show coming up as nbc has ordered a pilot for suits la from aaron korsh who was the person who created the original Suits. New series, as the title suggests, set in LA. It's more of a spin-off in the style of the NCIS or CSI franchises in that it's not got any of the original cast in it. It's just taking a similar premise, but will be a new cast of characters. That's not to say that you can't have some of the other cast popping up. It's sort of within the same universe, but it's going to be an entirely new thing. So it's centered on a person called Ted Black, who is a former federal prosecutor from New York, who has reinvented himself, representing the most powerful clients in Los Angeles. His firm is at crisis point, and to survive, he must engrace a role which he held in contempt his entire career. Ted is surrounded by a stellar group of characters who test their loyalties to both Ted and each other while they can't help but mix their personal and professional lives. All this is going on while events from years ago slowly unravel, leading Ted to 
leave behind everything and everybody he loved. You can sort of see that it's a lawyer character who has a bit of a mysterious background, which is sort of the same premise as Suits, I guess. It's an interesting one. We don't know any of the casting at the moment. We don't know whether any of the other cast may show up. They're, they're certainly not in the script for the pilot, apparently. But should it move forward, it's quite possible you could have a few of those characters from the original show make an appearance. So we'll see. I would be quite happy to have a, another sort of Suits series and something slightly different. I think they'd played out the original show as much as they probably could. Yeah. But this sort of slightly fresh take on it, I think, could be kind of interesting. I know Patrick J. Adams apparently has expressed an interest in reprising his role as Mike Ross, but whether anybody else would, I don't know. It is shooting in the area of the world you cover. It's being set in LA, but shooting in Vancouver because it's cheaper. Yeah, Yeah, it's it's cheaper for pilots. They may well move it over to Los Angeles if it gets to green light. Other shows have moved. Um, I don't know. I don't know, Matt. Suits was a very unique hook. So I don't think it was the fact that was successful or being successful. It was just, it was interesting to see someone like Mike in that world. This one, it feels like a tough sell to get through to a series. We'll see. We'll see. Of course, the reason that there's been renewed interest in this is because yeah, Netflix... Yeah, that massive run on Netflix. Yeah, it got added to Netflix, particularly in the USA, although it's been doing pretty well globally, but it got added to Netflix in the USA and, and was the number one streaming title of last year, which is ridiculous, given that the show ended in 2019. You know, I sort of agree with you. But part of the issue is the fact that the you know it, it depends how well they cast it, and I mean they cast the first one really, really well. Gabriel Max, Patrick J. Adams, Jim Torres, Sarah Rafty, Megan Markle, of course, uh, Rick Hoffman. It was a great group of people that they had in the roles for that. So. We'll see whether they manage to pull it off again. I mean, I, I'm sort of interested. I'm interested. It's the same people that behind it. And I love the original show. I think there is potentially something in this. But I mean, there are so many ifs and buts with it. We'll, we'll have to wait and see how well it does. At the moment, that is only a pilot. It's shooting for NBC, so could potentially end up anywhere over here. Although Sky seems likely, but uh, yeah. could end up anywhere. We'll see with that what happens. As I say, only a pilot at the moment it may not get picked up that's all the news we've got for this week just a few highlights for next week on tv So, highlights for next week. We have, um, if you're into your true crime, there's uh, 48 Hours, season 36 of that, uh, 7th of February at 8pm. That's on the True Crime channel, which I think was CBS something. It was one of the CBS channels, and they changed all the names of them. So, uh, there was a True Crime channel. It's somewhere high up in the numbers, I imagine. But um, a True Crime documentary news magazine series, if you want to go and check that out. Halo returns for its second series, of course on the popular video game not closely enough as lots of fans will tell you I really enjoyed it but I'm not a massive Halo fan so um, I, I enjoyed the first season of it quite a lot though but uh, Paramount Plus February 8th for season 2 of that the live action series that's on Paramount Plus Ted season 1 of that or it's a limited series I think actually but um, Sky Max on the 9th of February that lands that's based on the Seth MacFarlane films I'm quite looking forward to that I think that could be quite fun. And another sort of reality thing, Air Crash Investigation returns to National Geographic through its 23rd season-ish. Uh, the, the numbering is a bit weird between 
the US and the UK versions of this show. I mean, same show, but they they split the seasons oddly. But far as we're aware, season 23, National Geographic for Aircraft Investigation. That's 12th of February at 8pm. You can find that on there. That's all the stuff coming for next week. Not a huge amount of things, but they're all up there. If people want to find more of you, where can they find you, Daryl? So they can head over to hollywoodnorthnews.net to catch all things Canadian made. I've got big things, big things coming, but I can't talk about them yet. <laughs> but so keep keep your eyes peeled and you'll see those things coming out soon. Cool. Hop over to hollywoodnorthnews.net for uh, all those TV series that you love, which are shot in Canada and uh, follow all these stuff over there. Bex, as we mentioned last week, is still on hiatus at the moment. So she's off social media. She's off Twitch. Wondering where Bex is. It's all fine. She's just taking a break. Hopefully she'll be back at some point. Mm-hmm. But if you're wondering where she is, Bex is away right now. Matt, of course, you can go and find on uh, entertainmenttalk.org for lots and lots more podcasts, uh, Manu, Gaming Talk, uh, all these other stuff over there as well. Loads of content for if you like more podcasts there. For us, you can visit the website at geektown.co.uk throughout the week and see all the latest air date information. If you want to get in touch with your questions or comments, email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk. Leave a message on the website post. Find us at Geektown on Twitter, on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Geektown, on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash Geektown, on Blue Sky at Geektown, on Instagram at Geektown UK, TikTok at Geektown UK, and threads at Geektown UK. That is everything. We shall see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.